Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. The latest Franklin and Marshall College poll is out, and it shows Donald Trump leading the Republican presidential race in Pennsylvania and Hillary Clinton with a big lead on Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side. It also indicates most Pennsylvanians think the state is going in the wrong direction, and there are a lot of undecided voters when it comes to the U.S. Senate vote. Joining us today to analyze these numbers, Dr. G. Terry Madonna, director of the Center for Politics and Public Affairs and director of the Franklin and Marshall College poll. Dr. Madonna, welcome to the program. Good morning, Scott. All right. Let's talk about presidential right up front, Terry. Uh, You know, I I have to admit that I'm not I wasn't surprised that uh, Donald Trump had the lead. But I have to admit that 22 percent. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised to how low that figure yeah. was. Yeah, I don't think this would be a particularly good state for Donald Trump among Republicans. I mean, there's a lot of what we call establishment Republicans in our state. This is a state that, you know, went for Dick Thornburg and Tom Ridge, moderate Republicans. Tom Corbett was elected. He was actually much more moderate during his earlier career and days uh, as a as a lawyer and as a prosecutor than he was after he was elected in the Tea Party election in 2010. Uh, the biggest surprise for me was the showing of, of, actually not, of Marco Rubio, who came in second in the poll at 16. Rubio was on the uptick after South Carolina, and he actually uh, did fairly well in New Hampshire. And that's and that's sort of evidence of the coalescing of the uh, establishment, more center-right uh, uh, Republicans around a figure I think they thought could win the presidency. And look at John Kasich. He had an uptick in uh, New Hampshire as well, and, and look what happened. Uh, he's now third in our poll, neighboring state Ohio, born in McKees Rock, Pennsylvania, uh, the only question I have, Scott, is our primary even going to matter? And that was my question for you after we look at the poll numbers. And I have to admit, I also was surprised a little bit about the Kasich showing uh, here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But the big question is, will Pennsylvania's primary, which is uh, two months from today, yeah. two whole months, uh, we have Super Tuesday, a number of other states in between, will our primary matter? What do you think? Uh, I think there's an outside chance. I mean, here's the, here's the difficulty in a nutshell. Uh, number one, in these early March events that we're talking about now, there are, there are more than half, about half the delegates selected to the Republican National Convention after the March 15 events. So we've got March 1, next Tuesday, Super Tuesday, March 14, and March 15, three big days. With, more, with about half of the delegates selected to the Republican convention, uh, that would be about uh, 1,237, to be a little bit more precise. So imagine this. Donald Trump ends up at the end of the day with about six or 700 committed delegates. Rubio and Cruz are down at two, 300. How do they catch him? That's the problem. How do they catch him? if he gets a commanding lead by March 15th. Once we get to Mar- after March 15th, the biggest event after that is the Pennsylvania primary. 
with 71 delegates at stake. So if by March 15 it's still competitive, end of the day, then I think, you know, Pennsylvania could matter. But think about what happens on March 15. Florida has their primary, all or nothing. Ohio has its primary, all or nothing. You see what that could do to the future of Marco Rubio and John Kasich. Yeah. In fact, you know, I think that, that many people are looking at those two states as the key to stopping to stopping Trump. Let me ask you this. Can Trump be stopped? I mean, for so long now, there have been so many people, the right. pundits, so many people saying that, uh, you know, Donald Trump will not be the uh, the nominee. Well, you know what? Right. It looks like he may be. I, I couldn't agree more. Look at the debate last night. From the opening, Marco Rubio was a different candidate on that stage, going after Trump vociferously, Cruz to a lesser extent. Yesterday's debate, last evening's debate, was probably the last best chance that they would have. What is going to happen between now and Super Tuesday? Trump's not going to release his taxes. <laughs> that was part of the debate last night. And it got pretty wild and uh I was incredulous, actually, at the loss of control and the audience reaction. I'm a little old-fashioned about debates. I think, you know, how that, you, you moderated them, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it was a wild and woolly affair. And how do they stop him, Scott? That's the problem. What stops him? Nothing has happened. This was the 10th debate, and he still has this hardcore support of about 35%. And that's key. What do I mean by that? There's a floor below he doesn't seem to to drop. And if the Republicans have five candidates seeking the nomination and they're dividing the vote up and he gets 35, 38, 40 percent of the vote and he and he continues to add delegates, how do they stop him? Well, you know, one of the big questions that I have, OK, and this is going under the assumption that uh, Trump is is the Republican nominee. Who does he choose for a running mate? Because, yeah. you know, in, in a normal year, and we know, we all know that this is far from a normal year. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You know, one of the other Republican candidates would be prime for being a running mate. But after the insults they've traded and, uh, yeah. you know, you call Cruz a liar, uh, the right. things you said about Rubio, he really doesn't say much about John Kasich. But ah, Kasich, but Kasich has said a lot about him. But, okay, you say, there you go. So you you're, you're thinking Kasich. Well, he, Kasich, as you accurately point out, has not been exactly in the fray to the extent that Rubio and Cruz have been. He could pick Kasich. He could pick one of the Republican women uh, governors, Susan Martinez uh, from New Mexico, or, or Nikki Haley, who's very popular in Democratic, I'm sorry, in Republican circles. Uh, but let me go to another point, if I can, quickly. Here, If, if I were... This, is, this may sound wild. If I were Marco Rubio, who is clearly now the establishment favorite, I would announce my vice presidential selection immediately. And I would pick, he could go and pick a John Kasich. And there they would try to wrap up and consolidate the so-called establishment vote. I don't even know if, if you know, Kasich were to drop out, how much of his vote would go to Rubio. In some of the polls, it indicates he would probably get a majority of it. 
Joey gets a majority of nine points. You got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey picks up five points. He's still behind. And there doesn't seem to have been much movement after Bush got out in terms of the polls that have been done that Rubio has picked up a huge percentage of votes from the so-called establishment candidates who have dropped out. And that's the problem. What do they do? Now, I think they probably, Rubio and Casey probably have to do something spectacular. That's what I mean by naming now a vice presidential selection. Uh, Trump wouldn't choose, okay, uh, this is a question, but uh, nothing is, is, is surprising with Donald Trump, and it is hard to predict, but he wouldn't choose a Sarah Palin, would he? Oh, I can't believe he would, even though, you know, she gushed at his endorsement that she gave a 20-minute speech when she endorsed him. I can't believe that he would. He wanted that endorsement because of the conservative bona fides that she brings. Uh, I can't believe that he would. Uh, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, he's so quirky, and I'm not being mean about it. I think most of your listeners would agree. He has a quirkiness about him. Can you actually believe that we could bet, make a wager, and win on who he's likely to choose? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know really. what I mean. Mm. I, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think he. And I, let me put it another way: Who would want to, you know, think about being on a ticket with him? <laughs> you would have to defend, wouldn't you? A lot of the vice president takes the president's position. It's not the other way around. You take the president's position. You defend those positions. And let's be honest. I mean, Trump's controversial. I mean, he's very controversial. He has said some, quite frankly, off-the-wall, you know, off-the-wall and off-the-wall statements that we all blanch at, at least I do. Well, you know, and another thing that um, it's just so unusual this year. Well, maybe it's not. I was going to say that uh, there, there seems to be such a focus on the Trump personality. That's why he yeah. is attracting the support that he that he has right, right. now. That, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I'll, I would wager that there are a lot of Trump supporters who are supporting him because they say he's not politically correct. They like how they like his personality, but they don't really know where he stands on issues. And part of that is because he really hasn't, right. you know, enunciated a lot of where where he is. That's right. Well, let's, let me add to that. Many of his supporters don't care because, as you point out, they are in the polls that have been done. Here's one way to think about it. If you ask the candidate, if you ask a question in a poll, tells it like it is, Donald Trump, shares your values, Ted Cruz, can win, can win, Marco Rubio. There's the elements that stand out for these candidates. And so you're exactly right. Trump has caught the anger and the distrust and the antipathy against the party establishment. And that's what you see in the Trump campaign. And this is a party, the Republican Party, that has picked establishment candidates for the presidency, whether it be Mitt Romney or uh, Senator John McCain or the governor of Texas, uh, George uh, W. Bush, or you go back or, or Senator Dole in 1996 or or George Herbert Walker Bush. And many 
Republicans are angry at their own party, and that's why that's why Carson is you know got some support. That's why Carly Fiorina had some support uh, while they were in the race. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. We're discussing the Franklin and Marshall College poll that was out this week, actually analyzing the numbers. Our guest is Dr. G. Terry Madonna, director of the Center for Politics and Public Affairs, professor of public affairs and director of the Franklin and Marshall College poll. WITF's election 2016 coverage is supported by the Harrisburg office of the law firm of Saul Ewing, LLP. Terry, we have an email here from Manuel, one of our regular, uh, regular uh, emailers. And, you know, in a normal year, this is a question that would not even be considered, but I'll read this to you and see what you think. He asked, what are the chances Trump would select a Democrat or even Bernie Sanders? <laughs> I don't think that. You know what? I'm, I'm laughing, but could you say 100 percent that wouldn't happen? I don't think so. No problem. The Republican convention would probably not uh uh, give the votes to a Bernie Sanders or a Democrat. I mean, I, that's just not going to happen. Trump is going to have to play a little bit, you know what I mean? If, if he's the nominee, he's going to have to play a little bit to the folks and the party leaders at the convention. They're still going to be there, remember? Uh, every uh, every single uh, state on the Republican side gets three delegates automatically. These are not committed delegates. One for the, the state party chairman, and two go to the national party committee members, the Republican com- state national committee members. So there'll be over 200 of them at the convention. And, you know, Trump is eventually going to have to deal with the party leaders, so I don't think he would do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't, he, don't, on, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, don't put money on it, though. I got. I was just going to say, don't bet the ranch. Right. <laughs> All right, let's move to uh, the Democratic side. Uh, the poll shows that uh, Hillary Clinton does have uh, a pretty big lead over Bernie Sanders in Pennsylvania, forty-eight percent to twenty-seven percent. Uh, why is Hillary now? Hillary won in uh, in twenty uh, two thousand eight over uh, Barack right. Obama, so she has remained pretty popular yep. here in Pennsylvania. Uh, why do yeah. you think she maintains that popularity? Well, she is, has these roots in Pennsylvania. You know, her dad uh, was born in Scranton. He played football for Penn State. I joke and say if he played football for Penn State, he'd probably win any election. That could <laughs> for be. Any, for any office in the entire state. Uh, she has these Scranton roots. She's very popular down in the Philadelphia area, Scott, where uh, they've, the Clintons have spent a lot of time uh, both campaigning for other people and campaigning themselves some very substantial fundraisers on the Democratic side nationally, and as well as in this state, or Clinton supporters in the Philadelphia area. She's been in the, in the southeast a good bit, not so much in here in South Central PA. And, uh, you know, and as you accurately point out, she beat Obama by 10 points in the Democratic primary, presidential primary in 2008. So overall, this is sort of Hillary country. And I suspect if it would come down to it, she would be an easy victor here. Uh, why hasn't uh, Bernie Sanders caught fire here in Pennsylvania like he has in some other states? Yeah. Well, he's uh, number one, he, he 
not campaign here, and that's that's pretty important. At Number all, two, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, as far as I know, he's not been in his state campaign. He he doesn't have roots. He does. And the, the Pennsylvania Republican Democrats have been pretty much loyal to Barack Obama, to Hillary. In other words, I think he has an uphill fight trying to transform his democratic socialism to a lot of democratic voters here. I'm not suggesting they would support some of his programs and they wouldn't do well with, you know, young millennial voters. Not suggesting that at all. But I think there's been a lack of any interest by the campaign. Remember our primary back on April 26th. We're not going to get any attention until after March 15th if the race is competitive. Yeah, looking back to 2008 when it was uh, the contest between uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, uh, that may have been a once-in-a-lifetime here in Pennsylvania with uh, oh, yeah. the, the presidential candidates crossing the state and being here like every other day. Uh, yeah. But uh, with, you know, we talked about the Republicans and that the primary is two months away, possibility, maybe a long shot of Pennsylvania mattering. What about on the de- Democratic side? Oh, I don't think I, I, I would say zero chance it would uh, matter in our state. The problem is the nature of the delegate lead that Hillary Clinton has. She has over 500 delegates right now, and 470, 475 of them come from the so-called superdelegates. There are over 700 superdelegates. These are members of Congress, uh, the governor, party leaders. Uh, and they go unpledged, but uh, almost 500 of them already, actually slightly lower than that, have committed themselves to Hillary. And so she easily leads in the delegate hunt. And if it were to get to that point, I just don't know how, how Bernie Sanders would fare in this state. I just can't believe he would he would beat her. And and. The large cache of delegates here, it's just going to be over. It's, it's almost unimaginable. Imagine what's going to happen on Tuesday with a high percentage of African-American voters in the so-called SEC primary states. You go, you know, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee. You go through a swath of states in the South that have a high proportion of African-American votes. She beats. Bernie Sanders in Nevada by almost 50 points among African-American voters, among African-American voters, Scott. So it's hard for me to believe that, you know, this, this, this race is competitive. Actually, Hillary has 504 delegates committed to her. The, the superdelegates aren't pledged. They could change their mind, but these are really, a, quote, established in Democrats. Bernie Sanders at 70. We had an email here from Alan in Anvil, Terry, ask uh, any uh, research or studies done uh, which track the supporters uh, take when uh, when they migrate to, uh, which candidates they migrate to when uh, their candidate drops out. Again, this is kind of an unusual year itself. Yeah. Yeah, there have been a lot of, of sort of who's your second choice polling questions. Rubio does the best. In the polls that I've seen, when they say, who's your second choice? You follow me? Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen so far a lot of migration to Rubio from 
uh, when Bush got out of the out of when Jeb Bush left the race, suspended his campaign. But we're really talking about seven or eight or nine percent, and so you pick up three or four, and the rest scatters somewhere else. And that's the problem right now. With Trump at 35, it has to be Rubio needs to get, if he's going to be the nominee, probably 10 to 15 points soon to catch up to Trump, who's got this floor, as I point out, of about 35 percent that doesn't seem to go away. All right, Terry, let's turn to uh, the state side. Uh, The poll showed that 67 percent of registered voters believe the state is on the wrong track, and that is up from 62 percent in October, and nearly half, 47 percent, say that government and politicians are the biggest problems facing the state. 67 percent, more than two out of three registered voters. I don't know if that's a record, but it has to be close to one. Well, it is. I mean, I went back and looked way back when I started to put this in the mid-90s, and I think that is a high point. Uh, And how many different ways can you say dysfunctional government? How can you say distrust of government? Look at the wrangling over the budget. That's the reason, the budget, and the fact that we have uh, a stopgap budget with about 13% blue line by the governor, with the wrangling that's been going on back and forth now for the better, you know, for now almost the better part of six, seven months in a serious way. So if you think about it in another context, 47% say government politicians. If you go back, go back three or four years, that was at 13, 14%. Think of it. 13, 14% said what? Government politicians. In February of 2016, 47% say. Historically, the economy, people would say, was the most important problem. Now, that's dropped. That's evidence of the distrust and the disappointment, and in some cases, the anger that voters have towards government. Uh, And in this case, I think it's reinforced by what? By this uh, debate over the budget and the failure to do you know, to settle the pension situation, to settle liquor, private, in whatever way. I'm not saying which should happen, but the fact that government just seems dysfunctional. And also part of the poll is that uh, one in three, 31 percent, said that uh, Governor Wolf is doing an excellent or good job as governor, which is a decrease from October when it was 36 percent and August 39 percent. Are uh, voters blaming the governor? Or are they blaming the legislature? Well, they're, they're blaming both. I mean, the legislature still gets blamed more than the governor, but the governor's job performance has dropped. Again, they're blaming both the legislature a little more. And Governor Wolf is in the same territory at this point in his tenure as Governor Corbett was. Now, Governor Rendell was down, too, just a little higher. Governors in Pennsylvania history, Scott, have had a horrific first year. Milton Schaap, Bob Casey, uh, Tom Ridge, uh, Ed Rendell, Tom Corbett, all had very tough and rocky first years. Only Dick Thornburg did. But here's the key. By the end of the second year and into the third year, all the governors but Corbett rebounded. So the first year itself is not a disaster in a sense, if we want to talk about electability. 
But Governor Wolf does have problems, you know, based on the failure to reach a deal with the Republicans in the legislature on a budget. Now, I did reach one with the Senate Republicans, but the House Republicans wouldn't go along with it. Okay, Terry, so final question, uh, and not just on the state, but also the questions you ask about the presidential candidates, the presidential races. Overall, how would you uh, grade or how would you assess the mood of the Pennsylvania electorate? Yeah, I think it's uh, somewhat like the national electorate, maybe, maybe not quite as bad. Republicans, far more than Democrats, distrustful of government, angry uh, some with their own party. The Pennsylvania Republicans, not nearly to the same degree that uh, uh, that we see in some of the other states. Uh, Pennsylvania Democrats, pretty supportive of, of President Obama, as we talked about, likely to go with uh, Secretary Clinton, barring something that we don't know coming from outside. Uh, overall, the mood of the public in Pennsylvania is not very good when it comes to politicians and government. They're pretty sour on it, and it remains to be seen what happens in these important elections coming up this year. Well, Terry, it's a Friday morning. I'm in a good mood. I hope you are, too. (laughs) I am, too. Have a great weekend. (laughs) Dr. G. Terry Badana, Director of the Center for Politics and Public Affairs, Director of the Franklin Marshall College Poll. Thank you, Terry, very much for being with us today. You can hear today's show and previous editions of Radio Smart Talk at WITF.org slash podcast or with the WITF app. You can also hear the entire program tonight at 7 on our website, WITF.org. Well, this coming weekend, WITF once again uh, hosts the Central Pennsylvania Spelling Bee. Young people will be vying to represent the region at the Scripps National Spelling Bee in Washington, D.C. In what has become a tradition itself, Smart Talk has its own miniature, and I do mean miniature, spelling bee. Joining us, Ruth Kime, Spelling Bee Coordinator, Tim Lambert, WITF's Multimedia News Director, and Brad Crispin, News Director of WITF's Radio Pennsylvania Network. Welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Good Scott. Morning. But before we begin, oh, no. if I may, no, uh, when I walked, first of all, Ruth, you look lovely today. I've, well, I've never seen really you. She really does. She's yes. radiant. When I walked in the studio, though, I, I saw under your chair the, the a $5 bill. I was wondering if maybe you dropped that. Is that. Is that <laughs> no, I don't are, think are I Are you did sure? That. What? I, that was, was mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I don't know. The hosts well, uh, could actually use maybe that. Maybe I should well, look at it a little, little closer. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll check the serial number okay. later. Yeah. Ruth, get a little closer to your microphone, would you? Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. We, we still heard you. I just don't want to make sure that... Okay. Uh, is you everyone... just took away my excuse that I didn't hear the word correctly. Uh, Thanks. Is everyone <laughs> R-E-A-D-Y? That's ready for you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> have we been keeping track of the number of championships? I think no. I have two. Well, apparently well, you have. Well, I had to share one with you on one year. At home. Yeah. Still, I'm still not happy about that. But. Hey, Ruth, before we get started with some of the words, yes. and I'm just putting this off a little bit longer, to, <laughs> you know, just to delay the pain, um, but uh, the spelling bee this weekend, tell us about the spelling bee this weekend. Well, we have 34 spellers coming, 35 qualified, but one chose not to come. Um, they took the written test on January 30th, that was postponed because of the infamous blizzard. That's right. Yes, so we had 136 spellers here at the written test. 35 of them qualified. 34 will be here tomorrow. It starts at 11 o'clock here at WITF, and we're raring and ready to go. Uh, You know, you always have... um 
like candy around for the spellers. Did you bring any in this morning? Well, I know I can't bring any candy food into the studio, so see me afterwards. All right, okay. Yeah, Mm because she always has a nice stash for the... Foisted by your own rules there. (laughs) (laughs) For the kids, that's right. All right, well, let's get started. Just uh, There really are no rules here. Ruth brings out some of the words, and you've actually researched these and... uh, Oh, I do some, yeah, research, because I don't want to give you just any old word. And we we use, like, uh, the the same rules that the, the, the kids use in the spelling bee, right? I mean, so how can we what yes. kind of questions can we ask? What are the rules? You can ask me the etymology of the word, the where it comes from. Okay, sorry. I, yeah, etymology. That means okay. where it came from. Where it came from. Um, I can give you whether it's from English, from Latin, derived French, or, you know, whatever. You can ask me if there's any alternate pronunciations. Um you can ask me basically anything, and I'll tell you if I can tell you or not. Okay. All right. Well, with that said, why don't we, uh, why don't we get, we'll get started? started? Well, first I'm going to start with the vocabulary words, because for these spellers to qualify, they have to do well in the vocabulary part of the written test. So I thought I'd give each of you one vocabulary word. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, then, you know, come on, Scott. It's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Start, I will with get, I'll, we'll start with Scott. First word is entomology. Okay. <laughs> Define where it, where, it defi- where it comes from. <laughs> that would be etymology, not entomology. That's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Minus you know. one. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. Right. right. You're starting I'm already ahead. Okay. Uh, Scott, your word for the vocabulary is arpeggio. Oh, for is God's sake. Now, now listen. Is yeah. it the premium or discount on foreign bills of exchange or a subtle special specious or crafty argument or reasoning or production of the tones of a chord in succession? Don't look at me. Arpeggio. Just be glad you don't have to spell it. Well, okay, I'm going to ask, how do you spell it? A-R-P-E-G-G-I-O. Think about it. Arpeggio. It's Italian. Italian. Okay, so what are my three choices? Yeah. What are the three choices? Okay, the premium or discount on foreign bills of exchange, a subtle, specious, or crafty argument or reasoning, or production of the tones of a chord in succession. I'm either go with A or C. I have to admit that I don't know this at all. I never heard the word in my entire life. This is the first time I've ever heard it. Oh, come on, Scott. I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go around saying arpeggio in everyday conversation? Arpeggio? Yeah. Did you say to your husband last night, hey, how about that arpeggio? If we were talking about music, I might have. Okay, well, then I think I know the answer, right? <laughs> Go see. Okay, yeah, that's correct. Right. I gave it to it you, but count. it's okay. I don't think so. I Half think point. I was going to go Come with that on. anyway. Oh, oh you should I'm have sure said it then. No, Own what, it. I, what I was Own thinking it, was... That's why it took 10 minutes to get an answer. It's, it's Italian, and there are so many musical terms that are Italian, so that's one... one okay. Because I never heard the word before in my life. Okay. That can't count. Well, I'll give you. It's okay, Tim. Yours it's is. It's okay, Tim. It's okay. What, I'm up next? Yes, yeah. you are up next. We're going that direction. Okay. Desertification. Desertification is the tendency of people to prefer sweeter foods, process of becoming an area of dry land, or revocation of a license to practice a profession. Pronounce it again. Desertification. Desertification. That's Desertification, spell it. yes. Can you spell it? Sure. D-E-S-E-R-T-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. 
process of becoming an area of dry land. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the spelling was on that. One S or two gave you the answer. <laughs> okay, so, right Brad, now. is this yeah. the first time five years that Tim's got one right? It may be, it but is. it wasn't spelling, though. <laughs> yeah, so. I haven't spelled anything yeah. yet. The night is young. Well, okay. Brad. And I mean night. <laughs> you're, you're like a hockey announcer when they're doing the games in the afternoon. Well, tonight's game. All right, go ahead. Okay, Brad, yours is cartouches. What are cartouches? Are they oval or oblong figures enclosing a sovereign's name, old-fashioned wagons used for transporting goods and people, or vigorous exercises that increase heart rate and are often done in sets? Cartouches. Cartouches. What would you and your husband have been talking about that that (laughs) word might come up uh, last night? Um, Let's see. What would we have been talking about? You're going to have a lot of tart cartouches after this event. We we weren't talking about the old times with the oh, wagons or geez. anything. Yeah. <laughs> give me the give me a It's an oval or oblong figures enclosing a sovereign's name. The old-fashioned wagons used for transporting goods go and with people. I'm going to go with with A, the first one. You're correct. Yeah. See, we got three there right. You go. yeah. See, we everyone got, got it right. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're so now we're going to start with the words. And two of them needed hints. Let's just put that on the record. <laughs> and yours, well, but you did, did, yours was easy. <laughs> and yours was spelled. Yeah. Okay. That's we're going to throw a couple fun ones in here. I don't have any... Th- any fun ones? Um, yeah. I don't have any... Don't ask me the, anything about these. Okay, this is just... This is, um, these are spelling words now? This You're going to spell these, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, Scott, yours is ipso facto. And it means by that very fact. Okay. I mean, uh, the, the, my only question is if it's a P or a B. I-P-S-O... F A C T O. You got it. That's okay. right. Oh. Okay. oh, this year we're going to start saying correct, so I'll try to remember that. Correct. Why is that? Uh, Scripps has started saying that. Every speller, instead of them looking at, just kind of looking at, we're going to now International say correct. International spelling rules now. Oh, Scott. but that takes away all those great awkward pauses that You're I love so much. That is exactly right. Ah. Yes. All right. Um, Too many regulations. Tim, yours <laughs> is okie dokie. And I will accept <laughs> two, two spellings for this. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. O k e y d o k e y. You got it. Or it could have been O k i e d o k i e. Yeah, I don't know. That was an that easy one. one. I, okay. I have to tell you, Tim, that actually. Ruth sent me an email earlier in the week where she said, okie dokie. I said, let's, let's <laughs> nice. use that as one of the words. Thanks, Scott. So, <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Two yeah, for two. two. Yeah, there you go. First one he ever spelled. Actually. All that non-studying yeah. has, has built right. up yeah. now. Okay, All that Brad, failure. another easy one. Carte blanche. Oh. 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 Matter have carte blanche in which words you pick. Oh. Um, Jeez. Oh, boy. No, there's a couple of oh, there's oh, there a couple of there's trap doors in that. Are there? Yeah, yeah. Are there? Uh, let's see. That would be C A R T. Don't fall down that door. E B L A N C H E. You are right. Correct. That's okay, you're right. The, okay, I, so the now e in exactly. after the T. Okay. And I would like to say that was the hardest of the words in the first round. Oh, I don't know. There's probably people out there right now who are saying okie dokie. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't know how that See? was spelled. They just okay. thought we made that word up. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the real Uh-oh. nitty-gritty of it. Okay, this is nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty of it. All right, go ahead. Okay, these are actual words that would been on the test last year. Okay. Scott, yours your word is pahoho. <laughs> Pahoho is a Hawaiian word 
I'm it's glad a to hear that. The look on Scott's face was pahoho. <laughs> it's cooled, hard <laughs> lava marked by smooth, often billowy, shiny surface. Pahoho. Are you sure you're pronouncing this correctly? Would you like to see the pronunciation? <laughs> no, that's all right. Pahoho. Pahoho. Okay, well. Not pahaha. Okay, pahoho. It seems too easy. Pahoho. P A H O H O. Sorry if I had my bell. P A H O E H O E. That's a shame. Oh. See, I was yeah. going by the Don Ho thing. Oh, well. You know, <laughs> there's a Don Ho rule. You know, the Don, yeah, Don Ho thing. Don Ho has no E at the end of his name. <laughs> okay, well, we won't even talk about that. Yeah, I don't even okay. have to say this. Tim, your yes. word is Lil and Genny. Lil and Genny is uh, from Swazi, an African language. It's a noun. It's actually the basic monetary unit of Swaziland. I have a question yes. while you think about okay. this. Well, I was going to ask her to spell it. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sound like Donald Trump. But when did foreign words become acceptable in American spelling bee? I think they've been used. You don't want to sound like Donald Trump, or you're <laughs> sounding like Donald Trump. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, do the, do the imitation. Yeah. He will he will ban all... It's huge. What's the word? Uh, Lil, Lil and Genny. He'll ban all Lil and Gennies at the border. I'm going to build a Lil and Genny fence. A big wall. <laughs> yeah. And they will pay for it. That's right. <laughs> Lil and Genny. Lil and Genny, the basic monetary unit of Swaziland. Uh, L-I... L L E N G E N or yeah G E N N Y. Oh, you can't stop and go back and start again. Well, no, he used the same letter, so he can yeah, do that. Oh, okay. But oh, he's right. wrong I'm anyway. Wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is it? It's L I L A N G E N I. So you uh, just put oof. a couple too many you letters in there. You had no hope on that. that was... If that was American, yeah. I'd have got it right. Exactly. <laughs> Ruth, you <Okay>. fired. Brad... <laughs> Okay. Dollar. Brad. <laughs> All right, Brad. Huge. Your word is abacaxi. Gesundheit. Abacaxi is from Portuguese. It's a noun. It's actually a large, sweet pineapple grown especially in Brazil. And Harry Potter did not use this in his No, he adventures. did not use abacaxi. 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 Would the uh, would a certain Swedish supergroup be a fan of this word? <laughs> you can't ask that question. <laughs> well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not talking about Abba. Abba. You can ask yeah, all you just want. One B or two. Dancing oh, going for Brad's there. a dancing yeah. queen over here. Oh, I've got gotcha. you. <laughs> if you're a fan right. of Abba, I don't know. you're an Abakashi. 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 I'm going to go A. I feel like you need a wand when you say that. B. A. K. A S H E. Ooh. How about A B A C A X I? Oh, X. not even close. You know, I should have gotten a, the X from the Portuguese. Yeah, yeah you should have. Yeah. yeah. That's, no. oh, there's a, that's okay. a great word for uh, and Scrabble. It's a, and it's a pineapple, isn't it? I think that's a good no. I love yeah. it. All right. Well, let, okay. I, got, I, have to, I have to just interrupt for just a moment. Okay. okay. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Late February, we're having our annual WITF uh, Smart Talk Spelling Bee. And as usual, we 
We have butchered as much as usual, though. I mean, Ruth, you're going a little soft on us. She okay. dumbed it down. I, yeah, yeah, I think she did. Well, I'm remember, okay with that. You, you said you the guy who didn't get abacashi. I was going to say, you didn't get any of the last word, any of the spelling That's true. Yeah. That's true, so. but we were close okay, on it. Nice, uh, yes. but, but anyway, All Ruth right. Kime, the Spelling Bee Coordinator, Tim Lambert, WYTF's Multimedia News Director, and Brad Crispin, News Director of WYTF's Radio Smart Talk Network. I can't, radio radio uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Network. Yeah. I can't Sorry, see y'all. the clock. Are we almost done yet? <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you got 12 minutes, 11 right. minutes, so we have to... Well, Scott takes five okay. minutes to yeah. answer your question. Okay, round so four. Uh, no, this is... This is the same last guy who didn't... The last time I'm winning. About I'm it. winning now. I can talk. Oh, okay. I, go ahead, I think you're tied. If I... No, these yeah, guys cheated. So I'm oh, they cheated? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Okay. Two to one and a half each. Scott, your word, next word is osteomalacia. Osteomalacia. It's both... Both parts of this word went from Greek to Latin. It's a noun. It's a disease of the bones characterized by softening caused by a deficiency of minerals of vitamin D. When osteomalacia occurs in children, it's called rickets. Why don't we just give me rickets? <laughs> Literally or figuratively? Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Now, now, you've heard this word before, Scott. Sound it out and spell I, it. You I can know. do that. Okay, O S T E O, Malaysia. M A L A Y. S-I-A. Oh, you did so well until the end. Why'd you stick that Y in there? Malaysia. Because of the country, Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) O-S-T-E-O-M-A-L-A-C-I-A. Oh, okay. Osteomalaysia. All right, okay. Okay. I'm all right with that. (laughs) Okay, good. Scott's all right with failure. There you go, folks. Um, Tim, your word is allegrias. This word is um, from Latin to Spanish. It's a plural noun. It's a solo flamingo dance performed by a woman and marked by many intricate heel work variations. The flamingo teacher pulled the class or put the class through a gru- grueling practice of the allegrias. Allegrias. Since I will get this word wrong, my trip to Spain last year was all for naught because. <laughs> Didn't you see any flamingo dancers no. in Spain? No. Next Did time. Did not. Uh, he likes to wear the outfits, though. Uh, wow, well, he was yeah. doing the... Yeah. When we had the Hawaiian word I, earlier, he was doing a hula dance, so... <laughs> toured a lot of sites of uh, spaghetti westerns in the uh, Spanish desert, which were much more interesting than Allegrias. Um, <laughs> did I say that correctly? Well, you did say you, Well, you just offended yeah. all the Allegrias yes. no, really. fans out there. A-L-L-E-G-R-I-A. S. A-L-E-G-R-I-A-S. He put two L's in there, and it was only one. And ah! Allegrias. Yeah, sorry. Almost had it, though. Yeah, you were close. Very close. I'll take it. You okay. kind of anglicized that. See? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. Your word is mythopoeic. Mythopoeic is the first part of the word is an originally Greek, and the second part is English combining form. Okay, That's It easy. is an okay. adjective. It's creating or tending to create a traditional story or stories serving to explain some practice, belief, institution, or natural phenomenon. Natural phenomena, such as the rising and setting of the sun, inspire mythopedic explanations. I was going to ask, are there alternate pronunciations for this word? There are no alternate pronunciations. Mythopoeic? Mythopoeic. Mythopoeic or mythopoeic? Mythopoeic. Okay. M-Y-T-H-O-P-E-I-C. Sorry. M-Y- if it's an A-E, I'm going to be upset. 
Okay, it's not. Okay. <laughs> but it's, a, it's an O-E. <laughs> it's an O-E. <laughs> it's M-Y-T-H-O-P-O-E-I-C. O-E. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Hmm. Kids, this is why you need to stay in school. That's right. Yes. And study. And study. Okay. Read the dictionary for words that we never knew existed. That's true. (laughs) These words you probably basically never heard of. Okay. Anyway, Scott, your next word is hellebore. It's a Greek word. It's a noun. It's the dried rhizome and root of a poisonous herb of the lily family or a powder or extract of this containing alkaloids. The powdered roots of the hellebore have been used as an insecticide. Okay. If Angela Columbus is listening right now, please call in and help Scott. Out of the Philadelphia Inquirer. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Hellebore. H-E-L-A-B-O-R. I'm sorry. H-E-L-L-E. Sorry. H-E-L-L-E-B-O-R-E. Hellebore. See, I... Thought with Greek, there'd only be one L in there. Also, you keep saying you're sorry, but you say it in a way that I don't think you really are. Yeah, I, I don't think she's <laughs> yeah. sincere. Yeah. I, okay. I think it's obligatory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I fall I'll physically just... off this chair. And hurt it may myself. happen. <laughs> it may happen. Okay, Tim, mm. your word is cockatrice. Cockatrice is uh, the word went from Latin to French before becoming English. Of course, French. It's a noun. Okay, Latin to a, French to English. Right. Fantastic. Latin to French to English. Okay, it's a long definition. Okay. It's a legendary serpent with deadly, with deadly glands said to be hatched by a reptile from a chicken's egg and then, and often represented especially in heraldry as having the head, wings, and legs of a rooster and the tail of a serpent. Oh, these things are popular. Boy, cockatrice. Yeah. They're, they're popular. They, in, they had some salt. wild, yeah. wild Great. imaginations back in the day, didn't they? Great cockatrice. They swim all cockatrice. Cockatrice. Damien was surprised to find a cockatrice featured prominently on his family's crest. That doesn't help me. Okay, sorry. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I'm not going to say <laughs> that. Sorry, sorry, I'm not sorry, 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 I'm not sorry. sorry. I'll bet Damien was surprised to find a gonna, cockatrice. I was going to say he was probably surprised to find a cockatrice under his bed or something. <laughs> C O C H A T R E S S. Cockatrice. Ding ding. Cockatrice. Just the way it sounds, actually. C O C K A T R I C E. Cockatrice. I went with the French. I figured there was an H instead mm-hmm. of a K. Mm. Okay. Ah! Le cockatrice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, well, moving along to Brad. And that's the moment. That's the one moment we always have every year. There it was. There it was. Brad, your next word is tetragrammaton. Sweet. The word is from Greek. It's a noun. It's the Hebrew word of four letters constituting a name of God. Tetragram- tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton? Tetra. Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. Grammaton. Tetragrammaton. Or tetragrammaton or tetragrammaton. You have an alternate pronunciation there, notice. I do. Out of reverence. I took notice. <laughs> out of reverence or for fear of desecration, many pious Jews do not pronounce the name indicated by the tetragrammaton. 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 You got it. He can say it. T E T R A G R. A M 
A T R O N. Go ahead, say you're sorry, Ron. No, I'm not going to. I, I won't. There's nothing to be sorry about. T E T R A G R A M M. Two M's. Two M's. Yes. I knew it. Two okay. N's. Now, we have three minutes left. So okay. that means that we have a minute each. Each. Tops. Go All ahead. Right. Okay. Um, well, hold yourself to it, Scott. All right. Okay. I'll All right. just comment on yours. S- Scott, your word is tatbib. 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 What it's is it? It's French, which formed it from an Egyptian word. It's a noun. It's an ancient Egyptian sandal. Tatbib. Tatbib. Okay. T E T B I D. I tried to say tatbib. Oh. T A T B E B. Okay. I was thinking French oh. there too. Mm. All right, here you go, Tim. Your your word is Nietzschean. Nietzschean is a word from a German name. It's an adjective. It's of or relating to the German philosopher Friedrich Wilhelm Nietzschean. Oh. Or, no, that his name is not Nietzschean. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Okay, so your word is Nietzschean. I never heard that. <clears throat> <laughs> She's just making stuff up I now. Just, I sit at my desk with nothing Nietzsche. to do and just make up these words. Oh, yeah. man. Definition? Of or relating to the German she philosopher Friedrich Wilhelm. i got to remember how to spell his name now. N-I-E-T... C K I A N. N I E T Z S C H E A N. Oh my gosh, not even close. Yeah. Well, the first part was close then. All right, last one. I got the niche part right. Last one. And we haven't been keeping the score here. Oh, yeah, I have. have. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah, I have. Here comes the shot at the buzzer, though, right here. It's for the win. Oh, let me get back here. Oh, yes. Pressure's on. Aricho. Aricho. It's from Italian, and it was formed from Italian. It's a noun. The rough first coat of plaster in fresco painting. Arricho. Michelangelo, Michelangelo had his workmen slather the wall with arricho as the first step in painting the fresco. A-R-I-C-C-I-O. Now I really am sorry, because it's a double R. A-R-R-I-C-I-O. <sighs> the double letter, the double letter got was me your, twice. Yes. Was your downfall? We actually today. did okay this year, but go ahead. Who won? You're tied with We're each tied. of you, Tab Two. Co champions. I hate to okay. say it, but none of you spelled the really tough words right this year. No, you're right. No, that's right. not a surprise. No, that is not a surprise. Why would you be shocked by that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been central, here the last five years? <laughs> the Central Pennsylvania Spelling Bee uh, is th- this weekend, Saturday, tomorrow. Yes. When will it air on uh, WITF TV? It airs on Monday, the first time Monday evening at 7 30. Wednesday evening at 7.30, and then Friday at 1 p.m. The uh, participants, the young participants, don't have quite the same reaction as we do. As the old participants. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there a comfort room I can go to right now? I know that's something we give the kids. Yes, my little I should have brought my there. dog in. It's fun. <laughs> Again, have a great. we had a great time this year. Thank you very much. Uh, coming up on uh, Monday, a book about Pennsylvania Dutch.